0: Thank you, Pastor. I thank God for this church. What a blessing you've been to me already. The music is extra good, and thank you for maintaining good music here. Thank you for your part in our ministry. You say, how is that? Back in 1962, this church supported my wife and myself on the mission field for eight years until 1970. We were your missionaries, and we're grateful. Thank you for the orchestra, beautiful music, the pianos, the organ, the solos, the duets, the choir, you are a fabulous choir i just turned my ear over and listened toward you and what a blessing to hear how god has richly blessed this church but you know i see a lot of empty pews that means that there's a lot of work to yet to be done And I think about the souls that some people say are hard to reach. Some people say that they're impossible to reach. You know, with God, there's nothing impossible. And you can do his work. You can teach some lost soul the word, the books you just saw. Have been used throughout the latin american world russia ukraine now and we have it in italian and we have the book in pdf form in chinese mandarin it's going to be sent throughout all of china we can't print it there but boy they can sure sneak it in through PDF files and they're going to be doing it why because people like you have a burden to see people saved what a blessing that's what I want to talk to you about today compassion before I get into the God's Word I want to have a word of prayer father use your word in a special way today in our lives. Open our hearts, our minds, our souls that we might hear and do your will. Father, we thank you for each one here, the potential that this church has to reach out into the neighborhoods throughout this city and Actually, bring people to you. Thank you, Father. Give them a vision. Give us all a, a desire to work in your fields because the harvest is plenteous. Bless now. We ask. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter nine. Look with me for a moment. There, we're not going to dwell too much on this passage. But as a woman that went to the well because she couldn't go any other time her life was a miserable mess she had been married many times and the man who she was living with was no was not her husband but I know one thing the Lord had compassion upon her he asked her for a little bit of water And uh, she said, you can't ask me for water. You're a Jew. We don't have any relations. We don't don't even talk to each other. You know this is a problem right now? People don't talk. They don't share. I don't know if it's the culture that's developed down through the years, but do you share your testimony wherever you go? I do. I know it's not according to Hoyle if you want to use that term. But I know one thing, God's commanded us to have a compassion. The Lord told her about her life and actually gave her this way of life. She was converted. She went into town and told the people everywhere that the messiah was there they all went out and notice what it says in verse 36 matthew 9 36 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. We are facing the hardening in our society today like we've never faced before. Whether it's the media that's causing it, I can't say it is but I know who's causing it behind the media and that's Satan the hardening of hearts everywhere we're facing a generation that is lost and going to a a, going to hell do you care I do I've carried ever since I've come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and I've had a burden not just for the Latinos, not just for Latin America, not just for the world, for uh, places throughout our world that are special to me. But I have a burden to see souls saved, no matter where I am, because that's my world. And because Christ has told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That means your world. How did the Lord see the multitudes? Two ways. First of all, sheep without a shepherd, they fainted. They had no water they had, which is the water of life, the word. They had no food and Christ offered both. He saw the sheep without a shepherd not only fainted as they were around going in their everyday life. Weak, but as he saw them scattered. Isaiah 53, six says, "All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way, to his own way. And this is what's happening today. Do you really care? You know, there's so many that go to church They worship God and then say, praise God, that was a wonderful message. One lady came out of the service one day and she said, pastor, that was a wonderful message. I said, tell me, what did you learn today that was so wonderful? And she thought a minute and she said, well, it was a good message. I said, no, but tell me, what did God speak to you in the message today? And you realize she was hearing but not listening. She couldn't tell me. She just had a real uplifting by this message. But we need to have not only hear the word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. What is, was his reaction? He was moved with compassion is what the word says. You know, the word compassion is made up of two words, calm, which means with, and a passion. Passion is a great desire to see something happen that needs to happen, something that has to take place. It's a great desire to do more than what your part that you have to do. is a great desire to go beyond what you're expected to do. It's a great desire to, and a great longing to do what God would have us to do. It's a yearning that only can be filled when your life is in tune with God, with the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit is working through you, reaching out to others. What should be your reaction to the Lord's command to go? I know that the harvest is plenteous. We've always heard the assistant missionary messages. The labor is few. Pray therefore the God, that the Lord would touch hearts and not just hearts to stay here in the United States, but to go out to the fields. You'd realize when I was in Guatemala, I asked my brother who lives there, and he's a little bit older than I am. I think he's uh, two years older, two years and 10 days to be exact. He'd be 90 this year. I'm telling my age, but you know, I don't care, because I feel like I'm 65. As long as the Lord gives me a good mind and energy and the health, I'm preaching his word no matter where I go, and no, more, no matter where I am. I have my brother. Brother, where are the missionaries here in Guatemala. He says, well, my son-in-law was the youngest missionary here, but he's retired. He's 65. I said, what? Yeah, he's the youngest missionary, and he's gone back to the States. I said, you mean to tell me that there's nothing but an old bunch of missionaries here that are retired? That's it. He said, there might be a few in other missions, but none with ours. He said, I'm almost the youngest missionary here now. I said, <laughs> I said, wow. I went to El Salvador and I went to uh, Honduras after being with my in in Guatemala, preaching almost every weekend and contacting pastors there, sharing with them the book "Becoming a True Christian." You know they had never had a Bible study, none of the pastors in the homes of unsaved people. Oh, they're discouraged because their attendance is down. They're they're disc- many of them are discouraged and wanting to know, what can we do? I said, have a Bible study. That's how I've always begun my ministries. The many churches that I've started always Bible studies in the home with of unsaved people. They'd never heard of it. They were never taught that. What's happened is that there's no compassion. Oh, they're having a, a service in their church Doing the same thing every Sunday, expecting a different results. You know, I think that's happening here in the States. We come to church, sing songs, pray, read the word, hear the preaching. Next Sunday, the same thing. Where is our compassion for the lost? Not only are we to pray that Laborers would be supplied. We need to pray, Lord, send me. In Luke chapter nineteen, verse ten, that says, "For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save." You know what? It's not just the Lord Jesus Christ has given us the command to seek. We are to seek. He didn't come just to seek and to save. He intends for us to follow his example and to seek out the lost. As I realize in God's word, the early church was used in a special way, Peter in chapter two, was used in a special way of reaching out after the Holy Spirit had come upon them and he gave a message, I mean to tell you, it was a message that cut right into their heart. He says, you are guilty. You are guilty of crucifying the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when we think about it, we're all guilty because he took upon, uh, upon him the sins of all of us. He died paying the penalty for your sin and for mine. And what does he expect? Peter goes on and says in verse 38, chapter 2, verse 38 Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost oh we have to repent and get baptized you know that word baptized it was never translated into our English language it was never translated into the Spanish language it was never translated into the Italian language why well it actually would mean more than what we understand it to mean this does not have anything to do with water the word baptism means to place into the little greek mama would say to her daughter go and baptize that food in the microwave what yes we say you mean it means to put into yes or go put that baptize that that uh, dish in the sink there might not be any water there but that little girl knew what it meant to put it into and peter was teaching them repent repent of what your sins john the the baptizer preached repentance And he says, let's see the, the fact that you are really repented. And that's what God says. I want to see your repentance. I want to just not hear about it. And when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, I truly was repented of my sin. I realized the evil that this body, this person had committed against God in every way. And Peter is saying here, repent of your sin. This is what he's calling us to do today. And be baptized. Be placed into the Lord Jesus Christ is what it's saying. Oh you say there's another verse. Oh yes his next message is the same thing. But chapter three. Notice what it says. Repent there, he, there, therefore and be converted how are we converted by putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ giving ourselves to him do you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ first Corinthians says you're not your own you're bought with a price therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit which belong to God oh I didn't understand that when I was an 11-year-old boy or 12 or 13 or 14, but I hardened my heart against God. You know, when I was a boy, I was a, a little lad, I was afraid of the dark. But when I became a teenager, I was afraid of the light because the light of God's Word was shining upon me day after day after day, and I was hearing, Convicting messages, and I close my heart to God till one day he won the battle. Has God really won the battle in your life? You know, so many of us think, I do my best. God has to look at my good works and realize that I'm sincere, but you know, sincerity is not enough. We have to realize that Peter preached to these people that on his first message, what? Three thousand people were saved. Next message, four thousand people, five thousand people were saved. Next message, thousands of people were saved. People are being converted, placed into the Lord Jesus Christ. And that was, that's, is what happens when you give yourself to him, because you are placed into the family of God. Are you there? I trust so. There might be someone here this morning that is new to the gospel. And let me tell you that God loves you and he wants you to be saved too. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, at least what we think we've done. Not by works. We can't boast about it. There's no way. But you know God has worked in in our life and he says repent therefore and be converted. That means God brings about a change in your life. And if you haven't changed, let me tell you a secret. You're not saved. You might say, "Hey, that's judging, no, it's not. It's just fruit inspecting." Because God has given us the capabilities of understanding what who is When a person is really and truly converted, there's a change of life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And this is the work of God, the next verse says. And a lot of people don't realize, but God does the work and brings about that change. As I look into Peter's messages, I realize that God really used him. Oh, he had flubbed the dove so many times before as he put his foot in his mouth when he should have been silent. Oftentimes we try to tell the Lord what to do as Peter did, but we need to listen to him and say, Lord, here am I, send me as Isaiah said in chapter six of Isaiah. As I look into Peter's life and the Peter's work after he was after the Holy Spirit came into his life and into empowering him with the word of God to preach. I realized that many, many thousands of people were converted and trusted Christ as their savior. And that was quite a thing. You know, in this congregation that they had, they had uh, a lot of people to feed because people had come from all over the world to celebrate the Passover. And when they were there, they were there just on a visit. And they heard God's word and they continued to desire God's word. This is what happens when we are saved. We desire to get into God's word and to hear God's word and to meditate in God's word. Our our hunger continues to grow. They have to be fed. A lot of them had run out of their money. And you know, as we see in the word of God, there was, Some things happen in the church. One of the men sold his property and brought it to the church. And then there was another family that says, hey, he got a lot of attention. Let's get some attention too. We'll sell our property. So Ananias and Sapphira sold their property and, and bragged about it and kept back a good portion of it brought it and said, look what we have done. Ananias went in first. As you go into Acts, you realize there was uh, things happening. And God was getting the glory, but all of a sudden, man was desiring glory. So Ananias brought this offering and said, here it is the whole works and Peter said to him Ananias is that all oh yes I've given it all you know a lot of people lie about their own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ have you given your all to him I know in that early church what happened to Ananias you know what happened he dropped dead right there God struck him dead His wife was primping at home and finally got all the makeup on and her hair combed and everything and her dress ironed and all and she finally got to church she went strutting in and she says boy i tell you look what we have done peter says what what have you done oh we gave all to god and she peter asked her Is that the truth oh yes how many times do you lie to god or lie to yourself you can't you can't fool god you know a lot of times we think we can fool god but he sees everything he knows everything about you when you confess your sin to him he says If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he wants to cleanse us. Why? He wants us first to recognize what he already knows. He knows everything about you. (laughs) You think you can fool him? You can't. Sapphira uttered the words, yes, we gave it all and drop dead Oh, the men that had just buried her husband came back in and took her out getting rid of the dead wood out of the church you know there's a lot of dead wood but they call that backdoor revival but you know something we have people that are in the church some some of them are in churches where they have prominent positions that really need to come to know the Lord and be truthful with him. The problem is today, our churches need to see God's hand really work. When you have a desire to live for the Lord and serve the Lord, you're gonna bubble, it's gonna bubble over in your life and you can't help but tell somebody else. If you were here this morning and heard my testimony, you realize I didn't, no one had to tell me to go out and, and witness. I'm one of the world to know that I had a new life in Jesus Christ. And ever since then, there's been a fire burning in me and I I have to tell the world. I know that God sent in used in a marvelous way, persecution. As you get into Acts and continue in Acts, you realize, hey, God stirred up the church. He told him, gave him the command to preach the gospel. He gave that in Acts chapter one, if you wanna look at it with me. He said in verse 7. Verse 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem. He didn't stop there. And he all of a sudden he says, In not just Jerusalem in all judea and in samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world uh, the earth i really think that god permitted saul to really burn, put a fire under them and cause a terrific lot of persecution i mean he was an energetic young ruler A member of this of the Sanhedrin he was energetic to get rid of this sect that was called Christian those are the way and he's got permission to go in and take him into prison he killed had him some of them killed and Stephen was one of them I can imagine what Saul was as he listened to Stephen's testimony. What a tremendous message Stephen gave. But Saul was used by God to get those Christians out of Jerusalem and to send them throughout the entire known world at that time. And wherever they went, they preached, they taught the word of God. You know, I don't know if it's gonna take persecution here, well, what it's going to take to get us off of our rocking chairs out to the neighbors out beyond but i know this that god has given us the command and we're not seeing the people go i was down in el salvador in, in honduras and i said where are the missionaries oh well, there's not very many here. I said, I, I've seen one. Do you realize that his name is John in San Pedro Sula? When he turned 70, his mission says, Okay, you have to resign because we don't, uh, Baptist mid missions does not allow you to serve after 70. He says, Yeah, but. I got good health. Well, I'm sorry. Come back home. So I don't know if someone ought to examine the minds of some of these directors of mission boards. I'm glad that our mission board gave me an extension on my ministry. They call it uh, retirement ministry to all of Latin America. Isn't that wonderful? i 'm not just sitting in one little town and going out to fish in you know, some pond somewhere and down in Florida and and having the the ease of of retirement i'm having the blessings of retirement serving the lord and you know, I think that if we would realize God has not given us this. Body with, with a good health and a good mind just to sit around and, and be slowful in the rest of our life. He's telling us a command to go and work. My job isn't finished. And the Lord's going to de- be the one that depends when it's finished, not man. You know, I need your prayers. I need your prayers more than ever before. With God's help, I want to be, we have the goal of reaching all of Central America this, this year and next year. Getting the book, Becoming a True Christian, into the hands of pastors everywhere. We're finding more pastors that are discouraged. Why? Because they're looking at themselves instead of the Lord. They're looking at their, their own ministries instead of saying, Lord, what would you have me do? And we're realizing that God has given us this command to go. Philip was preaching up in Samaria. God said to Philip, you're having a wonderful ministry here, but I need you down in Gaza. You know, the Lord takes us some places that we have no idea how he's going to use us. And he told Philip, there's a man out there in a chariot that needs to hear your word. The word of God that needs to be preached to him. He went and said, Do you understand what you're reading? Ethiopian eunuch said, No. Philip said, I'll teach you. Stopped the chariot and Philip went up and where was he reading in Isaiah 53? I was working with a, a Jewish fellow. He said uh, we're brothers with another mother. I don't know if you ever heard that or not. But uh he was listening to I was teaching him God's word and, and we got into Isaiah chapter 53. I explained to him what it really meant. He said, I said to him the next time we had we had a meeting scheduled, he said, I, I'm really not feeling up to it. You know, I gave, started giving all kinds of excuses not to hear God's word. I told him point blank. I said, your problem is not your... You're not feeling good your problem is that you have a hearing problem you don't want to hear God's Word any longer you claim to be a Jew but you're denying the Messiah that God has sent you know we have to be brave and tell the truth no matter who's there to listen are you willing to sacrifice time and your prestige and your own life that you might give out the word of God to others? As I look into the book of Acts, there's a passage that really hit home to me. It says in chapter five, chapter five, the last verse, this is a big problem. And daily in the temple and in every house, was happening? Chapter 5, verse 42, underline it. And daily in the temple and every house, they cease not to teach. Underline that word teach. Because they're not teaching today the word of God to the unsaved people in every house. Until we get a burden for the Lord to work in our own house, our own body, our own soul, we're not going to teach. But this is what happened, and this is how the church really took off and was used by God to reach souls. Daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ that verse ought to ring true in your life and you ought to say lord send me to my next door neighbor send me down the street send me let me go and let me tell that's what salvation is all about going and giving out the gospel are you doing it i'm not going to ask you to raise your hand But I'd like to ask you the same question. How many Bible classes do you have with unsaved people where you go back every week and spend an hour with them and teach them God's word so that they come to a clear understanding what their lost condition is. You got to get the people lost before you can get them saved. You got to point them to the Savior before they can understand and you have to give them the plan of salvation Christ died for not only you but he died for them there's no exception of persons we all need the Savior and we all need to get busy and work he doesn't give us an option he doesn't give you an option he's calling you know there's more fewer missionaries on the mission field than ever before why Lethargy, a no-care attitude. I think some people have an idea. If they're going to get saved, they're going to get saved, no matter what. That's one of the. One of the ideas that some people have, that I think, comes from the pit of hell, because God has given us the challenge to go into all the world your world even extend your life so you can go out and reach others for him are you doing it if not why not oh there might be sin in your life that's keeping you from it right and god says repent repent of that sin and turn and this is the thing that has happened and this needs to happen in each life today. We do not have. We don't see that compassion that the Lord had and the Lord instilled in his, his own apostles and those that followed him after. You've given us that command. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. With heads bowed and eyes closed, examine your own heart. I'm not asking you to examine your children or your parents or that person sitting next to you, but I want you to examine your own heart and say, Lord, I haven't done what you would have me to do. Lord, I'm going to have to ask for forgiveness because I've, I've heard the command time and time before, And I always say yes I'm going to do it tomorrow but tomorrow never comes I want to pray for you right now and those of you who say God is working in my heart and I want to be that person that God would have me to be to reach out to the unsaved would you raise your hand Yes, I see those hands. Yes, yes, more. So many. Put your hands down now. Is there others? Father in heaven, I pray for these that have raised their hands. There's lack of conviction on the part of so many. Lord, bring conviction. Help us to have that compassion for souls for the lost. Help us to have a desire to see souls saved. But, Lord, we pray that you help clean up the life of those that are rejecting this command. Work in their life and bring softness to those hard hearts. And, Lord, I pray that you would just use your word in a special way, even this morning. Still with eyes closed, is there someone here that say, you know, Pastor, this is the first time I've really understood. And I want you to pray for me, I'm lost. I I really need the Savior, I really need to be saved, but I want you to pray for me. Would you raise your hand right now? I wanna pray for you. Is there someone that says, young person, child? I don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I want you to pray for me. Father, you know the heart of each one. There's probably not people here that are unsaved, but because we haven't worked, we haven't done our duty. Father, we pray that you will work in each heart and life. We commit it to you and thank you and pray for those that we're going to be reaching. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor.